and they come to us in our um, research group because they don't have the access to acetine and they don't have the experience or possibility to do the workup and the chemistry. So I think that if we, with this equipment also, we could hopefully get a lot of more research on uh, acetine ready pharmaceuticals and hopefully it will lead to something that can benefit the patients. Hi and welcome to a new episode of the Terragnostic Talks podcast. My name is Gustav Vidar and together with me in the studio, Annette Andrian. Welcome, Annette. Thank you, Gustav. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Uh, This week I have construction workers in my house, so let's see what's happening during the upcoming hour. It's fun with challenges. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, today we have a new guest, a Swedish guest. Wow, that's fantastic. Emma Arneheim. Emma Arneheim from Gothenburg. Uh, with research and a startup company. Yes, Astatin yes. 211. Yeah, this will be interesting. An alpha meter, I think. Yeah. And maybe the most promising alpha emitter for for disseminated cancer and maybe can cure. Cool. Let's uh, ask Emma about that. Yes. Good. Take it away. Emma Anahim is a postdoctoral researcher in radiochemistry at the Solgrenska Academy in Gothenburg, Sweden. She's also co-founder of Alpha Therapy Solutions, a startup company specialised in radioimmunotherapy using the radioactive chemical element Astatin-211. And researchers believe that in the future, this isotope, combined with antibodies, can be used to identify and treat, for example, ovarian cancer. Welcome, Emma Arneheim, our first Swedish guest in this podcast, hosted by Swedes. Thank you. Uh, you are in Gothenburg, uh, west part of the country, and Sweden, Swedes always discuss weather. Uh, yes. Gothenburg has the reputation of being very rainy. It How is. How is it today? It is raining a lot, it is actually. Raining. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. That's the same in Stockholm, I must confess, or Täby, where I am. So um, you um, work within uh, radioimmunotherapy and using the radioactive chemical element astatine 211 exactly as i have seen also called the goldilocks of alpha emitters oh i've never heard that goldilocks really yeah so we (laughs) we, i will share that uh, article i I read so so and and we will come back to why of Mm -hmm. course and actually you you are the one of very few expert in sweden or maybe the whole world uh, within this area, right, Emma? Yes, we are not uh, too many of us that uh, are working with Astatine. Of course, there are a couple of research groups, but uh, yes, we are, We in Sweden and in Gothenburg is, is one of the not too many. So it's uh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so good. So exciting. And um, you, as you have a Master of Science in uh, Technical Chemistry 
And yes. uh, you have studied at Chalmers in Gothenburg, and you yeah. stay there now. You also have a uh, hold up a PhD in nuclear chemistry. Yes. And then you can wonder why, I mean, how did you end up in, uh, in healthcare and treatment, and especially then on ovarian cancer? Yes, well, um, it was actually uh, that I read a course um, during my final years of my PhD in nuclear chemistry uh, about radiopharmaceutical chemistry. And uh, one of the lecturers was my now colleague, Sture Lindegren, who was talking about uh, targeted alpha therapy and their work at uh, Sahlgrenska at the hospital uh, regarding this. And I found it very interesting and really thought that this would be the most fun next step for me after finishing. So I reached out to, to the persons there in the targeted alpha therapy group and uh, asked if they could take me on after I finished my PhD. And uh, They, they could. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm very happy for that. So the rest is history. Exactly. And now we're yeah. talking about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's talk about estatine. Estatine 2111 is a radioactive chemical element. And I read somewhere it's the most unusual on Earth. And if you're collecting everything together, it's up in less than 30 grams. Yes, I think that the, the number varies a bit of how much you can find on, on Earth, but it's uh, a couple of grams, I think you can all agree on that. So it's very, very unusual. Uh, but uh, the thing is that you can make it uh, artificially in, uh, in large amounts. Uh, well, it's a short-lived radionuclide, so there are never large amounts that we're talking about really, but uh, it can be easily produced from natural vismuth. So, so that's why it's, it's interesting to... Uh, to use in healthcare, but also since it is so rare and unusual, it's not very well explored. So chemistry and so on regarding acetine is still today uh, not very well known. And um, because, uh, yeah, it hasn't been studied uh, like most other elements uh, during the years in history. But what is the benefit with acetine? There are actually quite a few benefits uh, with astatine as a radionuclide to be used in, in medical purposes. Um, it has a half-life, which is uh, sort of suitable, uh, 7.2 hours. So you can match it with different kinds of vectors. Um, and um, also the production, which I mentioned, it can be produced from natural vismuth. So, I mean, in theory, you can produce endless amounts because you need very little vismuth. Um, and uh, also you have um, physical properties like the decay chain. It's very short, um, which means that you don't have any daughters that are potentially toxic that can dislocate in the body. Um, and you don't have any daughters that have um, bad properties like you have any very high gammas or particle emission. And so that's very good. Um, and you have 100% alpha decay of So one alpha per decay, which makes the symmetry a lot easier to calculate the dose to tumors. And um, also you have characteristic x-rays, which means that you can actually image uh, acetine. Oh, specs. you can. Yes. Okay. Mm. It's not very good, but it's possible. So in a way, it's a theranostic, actually. <laughs> uh, but uh, these uh, properties um, makes acetine uh, one of the very few good candidates to actually treat patients 
upfront because you have very little toxicity or side effects from daughters and long decay chains and so on. Okay. And what's the energy of the alpha particle? Is it in a good range as well? Uh, yes, uh, mm. it is. Then we're coming into the the area of ovarian cancer. And I, I read about this, Astatin, uh, that uh, perhaps it's the most promising nuclear candidate for uh, disseminated cancer and maybe also cure. Yes, and that is because of the, the low toxicity and side effects that we see with this sort of nuclide. Uh, compared to, for instance, radium, which is used today, where you have a very long decay chain and you can expect that you will have toxicity and uh, therefore you might not want to treat, um, you, well, you, you treat end-of-life patients uh, generally in, mm. instead of people very that... Late. In late, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, while as for astatine and the ovarian cancer uh, treatment, we aim uh, to treat patients that some actually have already been cured, but you don't know which ones. So therefore, you cannot tolerate um, this sort of uh, toxicity that you can have with other nuclease. So in the ovarian cancer case is that you know that there is a large amount of relapse and the patients that have relapse, they have a very bad prognosis, but we can't select them uh, from the patients that actually have been cured with the primary treatment, uh, surgery and chemotherapy and so on. So therefore, uh, with this uh, treatment, we aim to treat the, the whole cohort of patients, which means that some will be overtreated and therefore, of course, toxicity is important. And uh, tell a little bit more about the studies. You have a study that has been uh, finalized or are you planning a study or, or where are you? What can be expected? Well, there has been a study uh, conducted uh, it was really done before my time, uh, but it was uh, conducted on ovarian cancer patients uh, at phase one study, uh, and it has been finalized. Uh, but since then, uh, there has been a lot of problems with um, access to antibodies for us in our uh, research group. So we have had... Um, had to change antibody, not because the one we used was bad, but because the ones owning it um, decided that we were not allowed to continue use it. And we have done this now several times, and it takes a long time to, because you have to do all the preclinical pre uh, workup, all the all the chemistry again, to be able to move forward. So now we have actually, after our final last uh, bad turn in this uh, this part uh, decided to move forward with a commercial antibody so that okay. it cannot be taken from us. Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. And it will be it will be good. It's promising. It's not the optimal antibody uh, for actually for this kind of um, uh, patients. There are could be better ones. Just to clarify a little bit, uh, it's not only astatine that are given to the patients. It's astatine combined with something else. It's just the antibody or Exactly. So it's an antibody, a tumor-specific antibody, and uh, which is modified in order to be able to attach astatine to it. So it's the, the combination of the antibody and the astatine, which is the actual radiopharmaceutical in this case. So the antibody acts as a vector to find the tumors, and it has the astatine attached to it as a radioactive uh, payload which uh, is the one that kills the cells. Okay, and the antibody is uh, 
it will connect on this ovarian cancer cells or exactly so um well they're usually called tumor specific uh, antibodies but of course they are not um, specific only to the tumors but they're specific to uh, to antigens or uh, structures on the tumor cells which are overexpressed compared to other um, tissues or uh, functions in, functions in the body and also the case is that not all um, cancer patient cells express the same uh, this the same antigens or the same uh, structures so it, it's, it's very called, complex yeah. yeah even if it's called ovarian cancer it could be different kinds of cancer cells with different markers yes exactly uh, and and can you tell something about the the antibody that you have used to uh, now connect to astatine yes so the one that we are, are using right now that we are planning for our upcoming uh, study with is, is a, um, a commercially available uh, antibody uh, which uh, is also uh, which is targeting her, her to um, Receptor. Yeah, receptor. Thank you, yes. her two yes. receptor, yes. and which uh, uh, can be expressed on ovarian um, uh, cancer patients' tumor cells. Mm -hmm. um, not one hundred percent, but a, a large fraction do express her two. Yeah. And um, before we have worked with other antibodies that are targeting other uh, other transporters like the sodium phosphate transporter and uh, also other structures on the on the surface of the cells it's interesting because this her two receptor we know we have heard about it before when it comes to breast cancer yes so potentially your solution with astatine and this antibody could potentially have more indications than just ovarian cancer yes i mean of course the the sort of the the treatment type the targeted alpha therapy where you put the um, alpha particle emitting a nuclide onto an antibody could be used for numerous uh, kinds of cancers depending on which antibody you use um, primarily um, alpha particles are aiming at um, micrometastasis so small uh, metastasis of disseminated cancers and not uh, sort of like large uh, bulky tumors uh, that's where they have sort of the, the, the best effect since we have a very um, high linear energy transfer this uh, short range in tissue and a uh, high local uh, potential for for cell kill um, but yes of course other cancers could be very much um, um, interesting for this and also other research group and our own are investigating other types of, of cancer besides ovarian cancer but that's the the diagnosis that we have been working most with in our group for for many years and how come you choose uh, ovarian cancer well it's because uh, in the ovarian cancer case um, relapse often uh, happens in the abdominal cavity so the small tumors that we want to eradicate with our alpha particle emitter is located in in a compartment which means that this would be a local treatment it would not be a systemic treatment it would be an interperitoneal treatment in the abdominal cavity to find those small tumors that we know exist but we can't see them or remove them uh, in any other way um, and also with a local treatment you have less 
toxicity uh, to the patient. So you have, uh, because the uh, radioactivity, uh, all the, the decay is concentrated into the abdominal cavity. So you will not have uh, that many um, no, toxicity to the, to the patient, which means as, as um, sort of a proof of concept, this is a very uh, good um, treatment modality to use. Extra special focus, you can say. You say that yeah. it's specialized, precise, precision medicine, but at the same time, extra. It's not systemic, as you say. So, no. Wow. Talking about astatine again now and, and uh, elaborating a little bit what you can connect to astatine. First, I mean, how does uh, astatine stands out versus other alpha emitters? Well, you... yes. Um... Like we said, um, astatine is uh, is an, it's a halogen, so it's similar to iodine in that way. So compared to most other alpha emitters, which are metals, you don't use a chelator, uh, but you co- covalently attach astatine to your your vector, and um, you can use um, well anything as a vector, a small molecule, a peptide, a protein, antibody. Uh, that you modify in a way so that you can attach acetine to it in a covalent bond. Um, uh, like we said, with the, the, it has a very short decay chain. So in that way, you have all the decay close to your vector. For a long chain um, alpha particle emitter, you have, of course, the first original nuclide attached to your vector, but then as the element transforms into another element, it, it detaches uh, in different uh, amounts. And of course, then you have a free nuclide, which is not, no longer connected to your to your vector. And then, of course, also compared to radium, which is a very difficult element chemically to work with, it's, um, I wouldn't say impossible, but very, very difficult to attach to, to a vector at all. So in that way, of course, acetine is a much more promising. 30 grams in total, as we said, or depending on how you do the calculations, uh, you and your research group uh, produce artificial acetine. Uh, can you explain it um, in a simple way, like for dummies? How does how does it work? <laughs> well, it is not it's not too too difficult at all. Um, I should say that we in our research group don't actually produce the the astatine here in Gothenburg. We have a collaboration, a research collaboration with the uh, cyclotron, which is located at the uh, Riggs Hospitalet in Copenhagen, Denmark. Uh, because in Gothenburg uh, we don't have the uh, size of cyclotron that we need, and so the. Um, Artificial production of astatine is done with uh, actual alpha particles again, but accelerated alpha particles in a cyclotron, which are bombarded and hitting a vismuth, natural vismuth. And then you have an alpha 2N reaction where you kick out neutrons and absorb an alpha particle, and then you transmute the vismuth to astatine. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so you have it delivered. But uh, your company, you have a product for producing astatine as well, or or you have yes. developing a company, uh, yeah. developing a product. Yes, let's say we have a, a small startup company, uh, which we started a, a couple of years ago, which is actually dedicated to um, 
what comes after the production of the astatine in the cyclotron. So when you have produced astatine uh, in the cyclotron, you have a solid target, which we call them. It's really a, a small aluminum plate with misbit on it. And in the bismut, you have a few atoms of astatine. And to be able to uh, recover these and uh, make them into a radiopharmaceutical uh, labeled antibody, then you have to do a lot of chemical uh, processing. And that's sort of um, where the company comes in where me and my colleague Stura have um, a patented uh, solution where we can do this automatically with an equipment. And uh, so the, the company was formed to try and sort of commercialize this and actually make this equipment useful for anyone else but ourselves, which it wasn't before. Um, so what we do with the, uh, the target with the astatine is that we dry distill it, which means that it's heated up so that the astatine is evaporated and then it's uh, moved in the system and condensed, and then it's separated from the rest of the material which is in the target. And then once it's condensed, you can dissolve it in an organic uh, solvent, and uh, as then you have it in a small solution which you can move forward from to do uh, chemistry and uh, finally attach the astatine to the antibody. Mm. It's a little bit like a generator, but but not. It, it's, it's yeah, not. it's like a generator without the actual generating. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so what's the plan for the future if they succeed? Uh, could every hospital have one astatine generator? Uh, sorry for the word, but... Yes, I mean, in, in theory, that's, that's uh, what could happen. Of course, someone needs to prove that astatine radiopharmaceuticals are really interesting, but there's been a lot of uh, interest around the world. And recently it has increased a lot because people are having their eyes opened to this, to this nuclide. So with the equipment, the idea is that if you have a cyclotron, and they're not very common, these kinds of cyclotrons, but quite a few of them do exist. But if you have the cyclotron a couple of hours from your hospital, you can have the target delivered to the hospital and then you can have the, the automatic equipment, which the company uh, is producing, do the actual uh, recovery of the acetine and also actually the labeling of the antibody. So what you get from the equipment, the end product is the radio labeled antibody, which you can give to your patients. Quality, talk about quality and you can check and you have um, contingency and the same kind of product. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And also, uh, yeah, you don't have to have someone uh, that has been working with astatine for the last 10 or 20 years uh, at your location to be able to um, to do this. And to simplify it. Yes. Because and get it close to the patients. Yeah. And also in our research group, we get a lot of questions from people that have really promising vectors. And they think that, okay, it would be very interesting to see if we can attach acetine to this vector, because it seems very suitable for treatment of um, this or that uh, the cancer. Um, and they come to us in our um, research group because they don't have the access to acetine and they don't have the experience or possibility to do the workup and the chemistry. So I think that if we, with this equipment also, we could hopefully get a lot of more research on uh, astatine uh, radiopharmaceuticals, and hopefully it will lead to something that can benefit the patients. Yes, and more indications. Exactly, yes. Yes. So interesting, you do something new. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So good. 
so talking about uh, it's this is diagnostic talks and uh, you are doing something fantastic as we say uh, but as it is diagnostic talks we need a pair and you mentioned that before that you can even use astatin as an imaging yes for imaging what is what would be your ideal pair well, I mean, you could use acetine as for imaging, for spect imaging, um, but of course you would perhaps want something else. You you don't have a there is no um, pure diagnostic acetine isotopes, uh, so you would naturally want to pair it with iodine if you want a theranostic pair, because that's the closest element in the periodic table and it shares a lot of features that are common with acetine. Um, a lot of them are not, but it's it's the closest we can get. And there, in in iodine, you have a lot of different options for for spect and for pet. So that would be the the theranostic approach to mm, go for to, with acetine, like iodine one three one or one two four. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm, okay. Uh, this your company Alpha Therapy uh, Solutions is a, s- a startup and. If you have a startup, you you need to make people believe in your idea, uh, and I know that you have worked hard on this uh, to reach out. How is how is it going so far? I think it's going very well. I must say that I am doing uh, nothing of this work actually, but our CEO uh, Milton is doing a great job in in reaching out and uh, letting people know that we exist and what we do and having them interested and. Um, so I think it's actually going very well. We have quite a few projects right now with um, with other research groups and companies that are interested in starting or continuing with Astatine and in our equipment. So I think we're we're doing quite well at the stage we are now. Uh, we are finalizing the the equipment. It's not on the market yet. We are trying to get it there to work as good as it can, and and so on. Hmm. Earlier, earlier this year, I read some partnership with Telex Pharmaceuticals. What, uh, what's the idea there? Yeah, the idea is that, um, of course, the Telex is, a, is one of the big players in, in uh, nuclear medicine right now, and they are very interested in astatine, and they are uh, looking into working with astatine um, uh, right now in France. And so the um, collaboration there is, of course, that we will try and uh, enable this and uh, to. to do the rate pharmaceutical production, and uh, we have um, a um, uh, what is it called? Eurostars project, the EU project, together with them, uh, in order to to be able to do this. So that will be very interesting, and it will start now this uh, this fall. Great, and congratu- congratulations to all the attention, and uh, you got a lot of uh, rewards and and uh, resources. Extra, yes, so that's. Yeah, once again, uh, all, all the it's Milton who is. Uh, <laughs> it's a team, as I understand. Anyway. Yes, of course, it's a team. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's you have different uh, roles. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, some weeks ago, we had, or some episodes ago, we had another startup company, Viewpoint. Michael and friends uh, told us about their company, uh, and and we talked about uh, their challenge going from university to creating a business concept. Uh, they said it takes a lot of persistence and great teamwork. Uh, what do you believe are the keys for, for success there? Yes, a lot of uh, persistence. That's that's very true. Uh, it, 
everything for us started with me and Estuda really hunting someone that was, was willing to pay for our patent <laughs> because if we filed it our, uh, ourselves and uh, you can do that, but then it quickly becomes very expensive. So then we really, we wanted to find someone that could bring it forward because we thought we had such a good idea that we didn't want it just to um, turn into nothing. And um, after a lot of turns, we ended up uh, finding uh, Chalmers Ventures, which took us on and helped us with uh, with uh, trying uh, with the patenting. And back then, our idea was really to try and license the patent to someone else that would want to produce our equipment. There are a lot of um, producers of uh, radio pharmaceutical modules that could be interesting in, in this. And uh, we came quite far with a few of them. But then in the end, it all it fell on, on, the, on the finish line. And uh, luckily for us, Chalmers Ventures also thought that we had a really good idea. So then uh, they decided to uh, move forward with us and to form a company and uh, put us into their accelerator program and hire the project manager first and CEO later and so on. So yeah, we were lucky, I, I would yeah, say. serendipity. Yeah. Good. Great, great work, and then serendipity, and yes. then that you could, that nobody took over. Maybe. You could yes. In the yeah, in the end, it yeah. perhaps was for the best that uh, yeah. they they decided not to move forward with us because then we would not have existed the company. Mm. Well, you need that. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, that environment at the, at the university as well. Yeah. Uh, that start that uh, make startup companies possible. Yes. Great. Uh, you are in a quite early stage setting, of course. This is preclinical or mm -hmm. phase one setting. Uh, when will this be reality? Well, I think it's very difficult to say. I would say that if someone um, manages to show that there is a very promising effect, then I think it can happen fast. Then someone with a lot of money steps in and takes over, <laughs> and then then things usually uh, go quite quickly. But I would say in five to ten years, then there could be some astatine treatments available for patients. Uh, as next week will be the Nobel Prize week, uh, and uh, all the Nobel prizes will be announced. What uh, also the medicine uh, prize, of course. For teragnostic, what would you, who would you think, Emma, should have the teragnostic Nobel Prize? Oh my God, that was uh, that was a difficult one. Hmm. Um. Well, it's difficult to say for teragnostics, but I mean, I'm I'm speaking for for the astatine community and. Uh, so one of the pioneers that has been working for, with acetine from the very beginning, from the 80s, which is still working with it, uh, of course, I would say maybe Mike Salutsky for long and hard work would be uh, the acetine <laughs> number one. Wow. And what did he do yeah, in, on top of the long work? What, did, what was the most important thing that he, what changed history? Well, he really promoted Astatine and made the world uh, see that this was uh, a good nuclide, something to work with. So without him, it wouldn't we wouldn't be here today. So he believed in it. Yes, definitely. Perfect. Thank you. That may be worth a Nobel Prize. <laughs> that is. Never, wow. never know. Yeah. I Let's get see. goosebumps on this. Yeah.
Wait so, for next week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. So, and also, who would you suggest us to invite for the next podcast? Oh my God. Hmm. There are so many. Those theranostics. Um, I would say that's, uh, have you looked into, um, to, um, nanobodies yet? Nanobodies. Yeah. Wow. No. Very small ones. So, yes. So there are some uh, Belgians that are working with this, uh, both in the university world and uh, company wise. So I would think that would be something very interesting for this talk. Mm. And, and what is the thing with nanobodies? Uh? Well, it's there, like you said before, they are small. They are not fragments, but they are camel camel uh, derived uh, antibodies and uh, which are very interesting features wow. in yeah. in theranostics yeah even more precise or specific maybe or stay yeah. or or faster and different faster. Um, yeah different features cool cool let's see what we can <laughs> yes. do in an upcoming episode none of bodies yeah we need to write it down yes i have uh, yes uh, thank you emma for today thank you for uh, sharing your uh, your research and your idea with the company uh, yes. we learned a lot today yeah well thank you for having me yeah and good luck for the future we think we will follow you <laughs> thank you <laughs> Okej okay, Annette, that was Emma Arneheim and Alpha Therapy Solution, Swedish company. They are doing something new, working with Astatin. I've learned a lot. Uh, I think this is super interesting for the future. Yes, Astatin. I'm totally sold on that. Hope, mm, some... future, great. Yeah, and the connection with antibodies. So we need to follow up that more in, in upcoming episodes, I think, because there are they're happening things in the field of diagnostics with antibody. Yes, and the nanobodies. Nanobodies, yeah. We need to check that out as well. Okay, Annette, should we close today's podcast? Yes, if you want to reach out to us, please send us an email, podcast at sarnordic.se or visit us on LinkedIn or our uh, webpage. Thank you for today, Annette. Thank you. Stay safe, stay tuned. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.